talk about a tale of two halves and talk about escaping what would have been a very disappointing loss and a quiet trip home in the Lone Star State. Ryan Decker and Kevin Redfern here in our Morgantown studios following West Virginia's 34-31 victory over Baylor in the regular season finale. Thanks for listening to the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Kevin, I know you haven't been in Morgantown a full year yet, but especially this time of year, it's possible to experience all four seasons in one day. There's a very famous story from a past football game in the 90s that you will eventually hear while you're here. This West Virginia football game was experiencing this whole football season in one game today, but I think somehow, not I think, I know, West Virginia somehow got it done. Yeah, and if you talk about it in terms of growth, I mean, you want to be on that steady incline all season. I mean, today and the fourth quarter in the last two minutes of that game was nearly identical to the Houston loss. And there were some hiccups at that point that led to some more hiccups that led to a heartbreaking loss. And that could have happened again against Baylor. It didn't. Um, and then at the same time, I, I think this is a, the story of the offense bailing the defense out, um, which has kind of happened a little bit more here in the second half of the season. Um, but all in all, no matter how ugly it is with that second half performance, eight wins, you'll take it any day of the week um, when you're predicted the 14th, to finish 14th in the conference. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And you talk about going back to that Houston game. You actually had deja vu at one point here in the office during this game. Uh, certainly a deja vu-like feeling towards the end of this game where West Virginia scores late. The go-ahead touchdown with, with less than a minute to go, really less than 30 seconds to go. Garrett Green's fired up on the sidelines. And if you're at home or if you're here or really anywhere watching this, you're just thinking, don't let the Hail Mary happen again. And West Virginia was, was able, luckily, to not let the Hail Mary happen. A better defensive effort there on that final possession. But really, we'll get into the recap of this one here in just a second. But it, it's interesting you talk about West Virginia's offense bailing out this defense. Because in the first half of the season, it was really the defense needed to show up. Because you knew if a game got to 30-plus points, West Virginia likely wasn't going to win. The second half of this season... That's almost been a role reversal. West Virginia has almost needed to get to 30 points, it feels like at times, to get a victory. Yeah, I think part of that is their opponents, as they got deeper into the Big 12 schedule, there were more points being put up consistently with their opponents. Um, and also with Garrett Green returning to man the quarterback position for the full back end of this last year. And, and he just continues to grow, in my opinion, Garrett Green. And Neil Brown says that pretty much any game that he's in, they're in and that he has the capability of winning them games and I think that that's that's continuing to be proven true um, I mean like 269 yards two scores 100 yards on the ground that's two games in a row with 200 in the air 100 on the ground I mean just getting it done in all facets giving a that offense a fourth dimension that's going to be so awesome for them next year and in the bowl game this year you're still looking for him to be more polished at times there were certainly some throws in this game that you want to have back now you can say that it just with just about any quarterback but as he becomes better and more of a true dual threat as we've seen here over the last month or so you're exactly right this offense has taken off a little bit and you're seeing what can happen at least on that side of the ball with Garrett Green not really under center anymore. That, that phrase, I guess, is outdated, but, but at least manning the offense, I guess you can say. But, you know, one thing that, that really bared true with this one and any time West Virginia and Baylor get together, 
it's that these games always seem to be a little bit crazy. It started back in that 70-63 game in Morgantown and really has continued to stay crazy ever since. You know, West Virginia, to get into a recap of this one, the Mountaineers score on five straight possessions in the first half. Garrett Green, who we just spoke about, had a passing touchdown and two rushing touchdowns before halftime. West Virginia outgained Baylor 365-86 to in the first half, scored 27 points before halftime. But Baylor's Richard Reese runs not one, but two kickoffs back to the house for touchdowns in the first half. We'll talk about special teams later on here for sure. So the Bears, without scoring a single offensive point in the first half, they trailed by just 13 at halftime. So they were staying in the ball game due to special teams. And they come out firing on offense in the second half. Baylor QB Sawyer Robertson making just his fourth start of the year. Didn't have an incomplete pass until there was 347 left in the third quarter. He only had two incompletions on the day. Baylor scores on each of its first three possessions of the second half and took a 31-27 lead entering the fourth quarter. The Bears, they had a chance to put this game away, but your first green mortgage turning point of the game comes in the form of a missed field goal with 114 left to play. Baylor misses the field goal and Garrett Green and this WVU offense was able to march down the field. Six plays, 80 yards, less than a minute comes off the clock. Garrett Green throws the game-winning TD pass to Jaheim White, who was wide open, by the way, with 23 seconds left. That missed field goal and the sack, which pushed back Baylor to, and pushed back the field goal distance a few plays prior. Those are your first green mortgage turning points of the game. First green mortgage, your home is at the heart of what we do. So that's the recap of this one we mentioned at the top, a tale of two halves, Kevin, and the stats as we're going to dive into really bear out just how different this game was before halftime and after halftime, especially for the Mountaineer offense and its defense, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you said, and I didn't really notice this earlier, they scored on five straight drives in the first half. Their first four drives of the second half, punt, 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 turnover on downs. Mm -hmm. They outgained Baylor by almost 300 yards in the first half. And then Baylor, up until WVU's game-winning drive, outgained them by over 100. So, I mean, tail two halves, it's such a cliche. I've used it myself a couple of times this year, but it, it truly rings true today. And then on the special teams note, I mean, if Baylor wins this game, and we're talking about a West Virginia loss right now, we're talking about Baylor winning the game on special teams. Well, yes, that's true, but it, it, to me, I mean, they pretty much lose the game on special teams too. Two missed field goals inside 45 yards for Baylor. Mm-hmm. It, that proves crucial in this one. They, not only did the last one keep the game within striking distance for WVU, but it also set them up in what 22-yard line. Who knows what, what happens on a, a kickoff following a field goal. So, I mean, just like the swing, the field positioning, everything about it, um, special teams was one of the bigger of the three phases today. And certainly, you know, special teams, it's been a hot button issue with Neil Brown at times throughout the season. He's a special teams guy at heart, Neil Brown is. But between Andrew Wilson-Lamp having his second miscue on punt coverage this year and West Virginia, as we've kind of mentioned here, allowing two kicks to be returned for touchdowns for the first time in close to 120 years. That's a great note, by the way. Fielding H. Yost, uh, Michigan Wolverines, kicking the snot out of West Virginia back in the day, 130 to nothing. Return two kicks against the Mountaineers. It's good stat if you're into some West Virginia history there. But you know, certainly, Kevin, things 
on special teams that if you're West Virginia, you have to clean up entering a bowl game when really against a team that you're likely not going to have any, if it or much if at all, history against, and really not a lot of tape on as far as you know, just knowing common opponents and things like that. Special teams can really sway a bowl game. You got to clean up special teams. But to your point, which you just made, West Virginia easily could have lost that game on special teams, but it was benefited by Baylor's lack of special team success. Yeah, and the the thing that is tough for the Mountaineers is I think the kickoff team in specific has been the one that's lagging behind the other special teams units all year. I think Coach Brown's noted that on a yeah. couple Monday press conferences. So they've tried them, some things. I think a couple weeks ago we know they got bigger and on the kickoff team. They put defensive linemen out there, guys yeah. like Day-Day Hawkins, and that doesn't seem to be working either. It would also be really nice if Michael Hayes could put a couple of them through the back of the end zone. It seemed like he had a easier job doing that at the beginning of the year. Um, but they were reduced to squib kicks today. So, I mean, they're trying a lot of things. Um, but, yeah, like you said, definitely needs to be something that's figured out before the bowl game. I, I wonder, too, talking about Michael Hayes there, obviously, again, tale of two halves here. First half pouring down raining for most of that half, at least, if not the entire first half. I don't know if we ever got a great shot of it on the broadcast, I and mean, we haven't heard, I don't think, from Angelica about the weather in the second half, but it didn't look like rain was an issue after halftime. I wonder, not, not to give Michael Hayes and the kick team an out here, but you wonder if rain was a factor in him not being able to kick the ball as far or get a good, a good footing, maybe more so, in that first half, and maybe that's what allows Richard Reese to take a couple of those things back. Again, you've got 11 guys on the on the field who can make a stop, but you, you just kind of wonder if that played in at all. Potentially, yeah, totally. Uh, the first half, there were people slipping all over the place, so yeah, the, the footing thing definitely has, has an argument, I think. Yeah, so, so that's definitely one thing. Special teams-wise, West Virginia is going to have to clean up heading into its bowl game. Uh, I think defense playing more consistently, a full three or a full four quarters, I should say, that's one thing West Virginia, I think, will be hammering here over the next couple of weeks as well. We saw that at the, at the beginning part of this season where West Virginia's defense was really doing a good job of putting three-plus quarters together Outside of that BYU game, and really I know Jordan Leslie was pleased after the Cincinnati game as well with how his defense played for three quarters at least there, but you haven't seen that defense be as good for four quarters here as of late, but luckily as we mentioned, offense kind of bailed him out at times. Yeah, that's all you can ask for too. I mean, being within a possession at the end of the game when you get almost nothing done on offense in the second half is a luxury so you're happy that the, both sides of the ball have held up at least that much through three quarters or through almost four quarters uh but yeah just kind of up and down from the defense you, you can really never predict where they're gonna go it feels like every time they gain some ground it's a step back and and vice versa so um It'll be interesting to see what they trot out against a non-conference opponent in a bowl game. Yep, so we keep alluding to that bowl game. Of course, West Virginia will officially learn its bowl game destination and opponent on December 3rd. Uh, obviously, a lot of predictions on where that will be. I'm just hoping it's somewhere warm and in a nice environment for Angelica and I to, to get to travel to. But we'll have comments from Neil Brown coming up in a couple of moments here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Uh, you put special team issues aside here. Two things, at least to me, continue to be very clear about this West Virginia team. They can run the ball well, 
And Neil Brown is determined to get the young guys involved. West Virginia, I think we've alluded to this, runs for 250 yards as a team. So that streak of 140-plus rushing yards continues to get expanded. And, and on the young guys, Traylon Ray was targeted six times today, and especially early in this game, he was featured a lot in the passing game. Hudson Clement, another young guy, led WVU in receptions and receiving yards today. They looked to Rodney Gallagher a couple times early on, didn't as much late. And Jaheim White, the true freshman, is becoming an absolute star, 133 yards on the ground for him Saturday, averaging 7.8 yards per carry. These young kids are special, and it's just really evident to me, Kevin, that Neil Brown, at least offensively, is making sure these young guys get fed, and they're a big part of the attack, kind of hanging his hat on these guys a little bit. Uh, absolutely. We saw last week ripping it to Traylon Ray on the first play of the game, and I think it was the first three plays were all touches to Traylon Ray, Rodney Gallagher, Jaheim White. Uh, that trend definitely continues to stay. And then Hudson Clement getting back into the fold. He's their leading receiver, both in receptions with four and yards with 80 today. Um, he'd kind of been banged up, I think, throughout the whole uh, the whole middle part of the season. Um, so he's another young guy, maybe not a true freshman, but getting back onto the scene. No no uh, Devin Carter receptions I'm looking right now, uh, it looks like. And I, I really don't remember seeing him out there, to, to be honest with you. Yeah, so um, they went they went pretty young the, the whole game today. Um, and, and over it's just a, a little glimpse into the future and i think the the f- offensive future with this team is really bright and then lastly on that point jaheem white i think he only had something like 20 or 30 yards in the second half i i think he was dealing with a shoulder issue that he suffered in the first half so maybe not as alarming as it might look if you're looking at the half by half box scores and 100 yards and a half i mean that sets you up in a position to do a lot of things on offense in the second half. Yeah, Jaheim, you know, especially there, as you mentioned, in the first half, looked really good, was running the ball really effectively. I think all of that, just kind of a byproduct of the tale of two halves, West Virginia not being as efficient and as explosive there in the second half until that that final drive of the game. But uh, certainly, you know, those young guys have been important here, especially the second half of the season, and I think they will continue to be moving forward as, as you get into the bowl season and, and then the offseason and, and next season eventually. But when we come back, we'll have postgame comments from head coach Neil Brown. You're listening to the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Searching for a mortgage lender that's 100% local, personal, and focused on home loans? First Green Mortgage has been serving West Virginia for more than 35 years, and they can assist you with every step of your home ownership journey. Visit them in Bridgeport or Morgantown or at fgm.bank. Ryan Decker and Kevin Redfern here on the Gold and Blue Nation podcast. Let's listen in to what a victorious Neil Brown had to say following Saturday's 34-31 win over Baylor in the regular season finale. Uh, this is the third time I've been in this press area, and this is by far the best feeling I've had. So um, we thought we had a chance here four years ago uh, when Matt was the head coach and a really good team and then got worn out pretty good in 21. And so um, I want to start. I thought Baylor competed really, really hard tonight and I think that's a that's a credit to to Dave um, you know when you have rough years and, and we had it last year and, and our kids really competed and we won our finale last year at Oklahoma State and won two of our last three and that really set the stage for us to kind of make a turn um, and went really young and 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 that's what they've done too and, and they played a lot of really young players and I thought they competed really hard I thought that defensively they had a lot of answers for us in the second half and then off, offensively kept us off off balance. Kind of a uh, um, bittersweet for me because um, a guy that 
was a student coach for us at Kentucky and then worked for us for two years. He returned two kicks against us today. And uh, Tyler Hancock, who's their special teams analyst, so uh, I'll be happy for him at some point. Not right now, but at some point I'll be happy for him. But, um, you know, I, I think that when you look at this game, uh, we didn't play very well. You know, we just did not play very well. Um, you know, offensively, we, we did some good things in the first half. Defensively, really didn't play much first half-wise. You know, the two kickoffs were huge. Um, you know, we just got beat in one-on-one blocks, and, and that should never happen. And so um, can't explain it. We'll watch film on that, but that that's just not good enough. That's not who we've been on special teams, and um, that's not what we're going to be moving forward either. Um, and then in the second half, offensively, we got behind the chains, got some penalties. Um, and then, you know, in that last drive, you know, we were able to save our timeouts. We used them. And uh, and Garrett's really good at the two-minute drive. We scored two touchdowns tonight with a minute or less than a minute and a half both times with, with zero timeouts. And he's good. His ability to run gets the ball down the field vertically. Um, I thought our protection – nobody's going to talk about this, but our protection, we five-man protected on the last play that we got Jaheim out uh, up the sideline. And that's a play that, that we've been running um, going back to, to – first week of spring practice, and we haven't ran in a game yet. And we run it every two-minute drill in practice. And so uh, they hung in there versus a really good blitz and picked them up, and we got the ball, and, and Garrett made a great play. So I'm really proud of our guys. Um, you know, good win, gets us to eight, gets us to six conference wins, which I think is significant. So with that, I'll take questions. Despite the half, those two Yeah, I, I really felt coming in, you know, they played well for three quarters last week, and they had some some drops, but they really got open a lot. And, you know, sometimes when, for whatever reason, when you have, you know, a backup has to come in, like people rally around him, and I thought they did that offensively. Um, and they and they were they played with really good energy. They had some good, like I said, they had some good defensive answers versus us in the second half. Uh, we didn't play as well, and, you know, Really, for the first time all year, penalties really hurt us um, and got us behind the chains. You know, it's hard to operate when it's second and 20-something. You know, I thought one of the holding penalties was absolutely not a hold. Um, uh, the one that took the really long run, yeah, the long run away, that, that, was, that was a really good block by Wyatt. So, I disagree with that one. But, that, hey, it's hard to officiate. They're going to miss some, too. I promise you I didn't have all the right calls. So, um, But, no, I, I never felt really comfortable. I didn't feel comfortable at halftime, and uh, but we found a way. Ryan Decker and Kevin Redfern here with you on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. West Virginia defeating Baylor 34-31 in Waco in the regular season finale. West Virginia finishes the regular season with an 8-4 overall record. Much different spot in the standings than what they were projected to finish in the preseason poll. Fifth place in the Big 12 standings as opposed to 14th as was projected. Kevin, West Virginia wins 34-31. We talked a lot about the offense here defensively and we kind of spoke about how you know that they've got to step up at times here haven't played as well in the second half of the season at times your takeaways on West Virginia's defensive effort in this ballgame I've got two of them and both of them pertain to individuals kind of making themselves known here later in the year okay first Ben Cutter leading WVU in tackles Saturday night by a wide margin he had 10 total tackles next closest is Aubrey Birch with six 
Ben Cutter kind of stepping in. He's the starting Mike linebacker now ever since Trey Lathan goes out with the injury. I mean, when you're playing a team like Baylor, and Brown kind of gave us a little foreshadowing with this earlier this week, that's a team that's got multiple tight ends on the field almost all the time, working off the run game, kind of forcing the defense to make plays in the run game with their linemen and their linebackers. When you've got a young guy like Ben Cutter who's willing to get his nose in there and make some plays, I think that's a great signal for the future and him being a leading tackler. That's a position that you usually see Lee Koba, maybe Aubrey Burke, sometimes Beanie Bishop. Getting the young guy in there to kind of funnel everything on defense is nice. And two, a guy who we've kind of known for a while. How about Jared Bartlett? Back-to-back really strong weeks. He gets a sack tonight. Last week, coaches are saying that Jared Bartlett, who maybe didn't show up on the stat sheet as much, could have played his best game as a Mountaineer against Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And that includes the game against Virginia Tech where he had, what, three sacks, two sacks? He was huge against yeah, yeah. Virginia Tech last year. Yeah. So I think he's quietly and, and maybe a little bit more loudly now is starting to really have a strong end of the season. And it's someone who we didn't really talk about all, all this year. So uh, having guys step up later in the season like that, um, always good, and, and especially on a, a defensive unit and a couple of positions where they've been really thin. Um so those are just a couple of standout performances for me to look forward to and to kind of build off of. We, we talked about the deja vu feeling of that Houston game at, at the top of the podcast and talked about how, you know, obviously the Houston game came down to a Hail Mary. The Cougars obviously win that one on a Hail Mary against West Virginia. One thing that I, I think I even said it out loud, I was super keyed in on on that last play of this game against Baylor was where Jared Bartlett was and what he did. And it was the exact opposite of what he did against Houston, where, I'm sorry, against, yeah, against Houston, where in that game, he dropped back in coverage and did not rush the quarterback at all. This time, Jordan Leslie has him closer to the line of scrimmage and also sends him on that final play, which ended up flushing Sawyer Robertson out of the pocket. And I believe it's Marcus Floyd ends up batting that ball down kind of as he's about ready to go out of bounds and throw the ball. That, to me, that's a huge thing, whether that's coaching on Jordan Leslie's part or just awareness of Jared Bartlett. That was a big change for me in just whatever that's been, a month and a half now uh, in Jared Bartlett's game of the awareness in that situation to not drop back in coverage when you know they need more than those 10 or 15 yards to go after the quarterback and make him have to make a play. That that, that was big for me. Um, Let's go a little good news, bad news here, Kevin. So good news is, West Virginia 8-4, as I mentioned, overall through the regular season. 6-3 in Big 12 play this year. That's one of the best marks since West Virginia has joined the Big 12 Conference. WVU, we know, is going to a bowl game. And even though it was more stressful of an ending and an outcome than it maybe should have been against a three-win Baylor team here on Saturday, WVU finds a way to win on the road, which that in itself has been difficult, especially in Baylor. So that's the good news here is West Virginia, again, 8-4, and four, top five finish in the Big 12. A lot to hang your hat on in that regard uh, after this game and after the conclusion of the regular season. Yeah, win's a win. That's all you can take. And then road wins in a Power 5 conference. I mean, it's coach speak, but they can't be taken lightly. Interesting note from postgame, too, I'm just remembering now. How often have we heard about how crucial that win in Stillwater was at the end of last season for the Mountaineers and that that was just like something to build on? That very easily could have been 
Baylor on Saturday night as well. I mean, if they, there's something about a team that's got nothing to play for, right? Makes it that much harder. So uh, to kind of put out that flame while it might be really hot is more impressive than maybe you'd take on the surface level. You talk about that Oklahoma State game to end last season. One of the big talking points at the beginning of this year when West Virginia had a couple of wins under its belt was the stretch that West Virginia had been on of winning, I think it was like six out of seven or five out of seven or something like that, dating back to the Oklahoma win last year. You go back to that game, November 12th, 2022, West Virginia is 10-5 and five over the last, what is that, 15 games now. A much different mark than they were prior. And Neil Brown has spoken about it this year, of the change they made around that time last season, coming out of that Iowa State loss, to devote itself to running the ball, really hanging its head on what Garrett Green can do, and then making some changes off. I'm sorry, defensively and in special teams. All of that's really kind of come to a head. And again, t- tonight was very sloppy at times. Tonight was not a, a game that I think you're going to really put on the tape and say that's how you w- go win a ball game. But a year and a half ago, th- that team doesn't win that game. That that team lets that, that game get away from itself. And, and this year's team, this current Mountaineer football team, didn't let that happen. And, and that's that at least is a good sign. Yeah, I think that's kind of what you see in a program, in programs that typically – in, in history of turning it upwards, you start winning the games that you need to win. Then you start erasing that one loss a year where that's just a hiccup. In this case, you'd point to the Houston game. Mm-hmm. And then the next step after that is winning games against marquee opponents on the road or at your place in prime time. And those are the games that get you in national recognition and right. consideration up with the top 25 programs. I think that they're very close to kind of eliminating those hiccups, uh, it, but it's a positive sign to, to be winning games that you didn't win a year ago. That's just a marquee, clear evaluation point when you're evaluating a team. It, it, it's just a, a, a strong thing and, and something to, to note. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. So that's the good news, is that West Virginia, again, 8-4, and four, fifth in the Big 12 after they were picked 14th. The bad news now. Center Zach Frazier, West Virginia's All-American, suffered what Neil Brown described after the game as a, quote, significant injury, and according to the head coach, probably will not play in West Virginia's bowl game. That's one big injury that happened in this game. Wide receiver and a kick and punt returner, Preston Fox, he also left the field uh, via an ambulance after he fell hard on a catch in the third quarter. C.J. Donaldson, West Virginia's running back, did not see the field, at least I believe, in the second half. Don't think he's he was on the field at all after halftime. I know he did not touch the ball at least in the second half three key injuries three key key starters that as of right now are are, are banged up and it looks like Zach you know not going to play in the bowl game I don't know if he was going to play anyways with, with what he has in his future but three key pieces of West Virginia's offense one of which and Zach is an NFL draft pick don't leave this game healthy that's bad news at least in the here and now for West Virginia, you hope for the best when it comes to Zach and obviously with Preston as well, leaving this game uh, in a different way. But hopefully all three of those guys can get healthy and hopefully West Virginia as a team can be healthy when it steps out on the field sometime in late December uh, for its bowl game. Yeah, the good news is for, uh, for I think this leans more towards C.J. Donaldson, who's been battling kind of chronic stuff for the past month. Uh, he's going to get an extended break here uh, before the bowl game. I could... I, I 
don't can't really speculate on whether his injury today is correlated to the things he's been dealing with but if it is that should put him in a good position for him and Preston Fox the bowl game is pretty much all they got left on their schedule for the next six months for Zach Frazier this offseason had the potential to be loaded in potential pre-draft camps all-star games NFL draft combine that's pretty brutal timing for Zach Frazier. I mean, if you look at it on the surface level, it's like 90 seconds of game clock away from completing a full season, healthy season when you needed to, and instead ending in 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 that fashion for the mo- or most likely ending in that fashion. But how, how about, I'm sure you're going to bring this up anyways, Neil Brown talking post-game about something that's really cool, and that's Zach Frazier and his awareness and his intelligence when that injury happened to to not go down on the field with WV having no timeouts, not wasting a 10-second runoff, suffering what your coach is calling a significant leg injury and getting off the field under its own power and helping them complete a game-winning drive. I mean, if that's not what we've heard about Zach Frazier... Uh, pretty incredible stuff and in what could be his last snap at WVU. Yeah, I mean, it certainly kind of looks that way that it'll be his last snap at West Virginia. Obviously, you're hoping for the best. But yeah, I mean, Neil Brown brings that up and it's exactly right that, you know, who knows what that 10-second runoff or potential 10-second runoff, how that could have affected this game. How does that change things for West Virginia? Does it give Baylor even less time maybe on what it hopes is a game-winning drive there at the end? But the awareness of Zach to be able to get off the field. And also you have to give props to Brandon Yates too for coming in in that spot. And really the line doesn't miss a beat at all. They go down and and, and win, win the game that way. Um, you, you certainly hope for the best for Zach. And I know I've said that a couple of times here, but you know, Zach's a kid that at least I, I personally have gotten to know him in, in his high school days at Fairmont Senior, have now seen him blossom truly into an NFL caliber player and an All-American caliber player. Uh, certainly hope this injury is not something that derails that future. Uh, hopefully it's something that he can recover. You know, the, the bowl game probably is not that significant of, of, a, of a progress point for him, for, for lack of a better phrase. Um, he, he likely doesn't need that game film. No. Uh, so I, I think what he's done over the last couple of years speaks for itself. So hopefully he can heal up get ready for, for things that are coming his way and, uh, you know, with the senior bowl potentially and then pre-draft workouts and, and all those good things and pro day and then ultimately the NFL draft. So hopefully he can he can heal up for that. But uh, don't want to end this on, on a somber note, I guess, but that is one of the, the, the big things that happened in this game at Baylor is that West Virginia's All-American center suffers, as Neil Brown said, a significant leg injury uh, and, and certainly wishing him the best. But let, let, let's – Go positive now as we kind of round out here the, the Golden Blue Nation podcast following West Virginia's 34-31 win over Baylor. So as we said, we know West Virginia is going bowling. We have projections on our website of the latest bowl projections, uh, at least before the Baylor game. Uh, as we ta- as we record this right now, I'm sure at some point Sunday or Monday, more of those bowl projections will come out as well. And we'll of course have those updated. So make sure to stick with us there, GoldenBlueNation.com. But you know, WVU football team, especially now while we've got this month long break for the football team, tons of other stuff to catch up on here at West Virginia. The men's soccer team wins two to one on Saturday over Vermont in the round of. 
of 16 of the NCAA tournament. Dan Stratford's crew will host in the Elite Eight at, at Morgantown's Dick Delesque Soccer Stadium. So uh, that's going to be coming up on Saturday. That is, uh, let me get the date here, Saturday, December 2nd at 2 p.m. Uh, that opponent is, is TBD. But that's coming up for you next weekend. The WVU women's basketball team is off to a 6-0 start under first-year head coach Mark Kellogg. And the WVU men's basketball team is at home on Sunday against Bellarmine. So all of that's coming up here and happening now in, in the here and now. And uh, as we mentioned, GoldenBlueNation.com is the place to find all of your latest coverage on the Mountaineers. WVU, as we mentioned, now in wait and see mode to find out who it will play in the postseason. But until then, that's Kevin Redfern. I'm Ryan Decker. This has been the Golden Nation podcast. Make sure to stay with us for all your Mountaineer coverage. We'll see you later.